Joss, the man they called Joss. He rode about spaceships and shepherds and whores. Stood up to the networks and gave them a four. Fox canceled his program, but that was their loss. The creator of Firefly, the man they call Joss. I'm gonna make sure that I'm actually recording though. Please. I am. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Please, God. Please, God, Can you don't imagine? make us talk about <laughs> Okay, no, no, no. This episode has to start with you saying, please, please, God. <laughs> please, God. Okay, dear dear God, please, please don't make us record this episode again. Please, please for the love of you, please. Just don't. I will do anything. I, I will, I will, I will eat kale. I would go jogging. <laughs> Oh my God. I I would go rescue a friend from a sewer in the face of certain death if it meant that I did not have to watch these two episodes one more time. Wow. Ugh. Wow, tell us how you really feel, Caitlin. I just... So here on Weedin' from the <sighs> Chaff, one of the, uh, you know, I suppose we could call it a running bit at this point in time is that <laughs> Caitlin's audio has some technical issues. And um, we have run into that not once... But twice now, recording this one episode. This is the third time we have attempted recording an episode about season two, episode five, Reptile Boy, and season two, episode six, Halloween. We are done with these episodes on so many fronts. It wouldn't be that bad if they were good episodes, but we hate both of them. So you know what? Fuck this episode. Yeah, fuck this episode. Fuck it. I hate it. Just get it out of here. Fuck off. Yeah. Let's. God. Ugh. It's just like it was so disappointing after the second time we recorded to pull up my audio and have it be the same bullshit that happened the first time around and just be like, <laughs> Don't do why? This. Yeah. Exactly. We we thought for <laughs> we thought for a while that maybe we'd just make this our lost episode and just skip it. And everyone's yeah. like, "What happened to episode 11? And we're like, "Don't know." We, we don't talk about thing. episode don't eleven. Know. Yeah, we threw around the idea of just delaying this and then on Halloween recording it and be like, "You thought we skipped it," but then we thought about the fact that sometime in the future we would have to watch this episode again. And we're like, "No, knock it out, out of the pull off the band aid. Let's go, let's go, let's go." Just. Whew. We yeah. can do this. Power yeah. through. So, this might be a short so, episode. We'll see. We actually, I, I think we actually have a lot to say, and it's just gotten shorter every time we've had to re-record. Because <laughs> there's a lot to talk it's like, about. Nah, I don't care this much about this. I'm not going to talk about it. Oh, Get out of here. Okay, let's just start with a summary so they can all know how terrible and fuck this episode this episode is. Uh, so, Reptile yeah. Boy. Reptile Boy, yeah. in short, is an episode about date rape. There we go. That's the whole episode. Mm -hmm. Okay, so in this episode, there's a girl (laughs) gone missing. Uh, We actually see her at the beginning, surrounded by men in hoods. She's very obviously captive, escapes and runs away. They catch her and drag her back into a house. Not a great scene Mm -hmm. any way you cut it. Uh, Mm -hmm. Buffy finds out about this because apparently when she was first abducted, she lost a bracelet. And um, they were able to track that down. Meanwhile, Cordelia is out front of the school talking to some college seniors. 22-year-old men. College seniors have decided that it is okay to come pick up juniors in high school. 16-year-old girls. And take them to parties. They've decided this is fine. 
Uh, spoilers. Yeah. It's not. No, it's not. Not in uh, any way. So Buffy kind of gets, she goes to one of these parties on the insistence of Cordelia. In the end, she pretty much goes just to spite Giles because she feels he's being too controlling. The only actual good part of this whole episode was Willow attempting to be a good friend and deceive Giles into thinking that Buffy was not at a party where there was alcohol. Mm -hmm. But the plot of this episode is basically Buffy goes to a party. Xander also ends up at this party because of course he does. And then Buffy uh, drinks a tainted drink and passes out at a party and then is almost sacrificed to a snake god. Because in the plot of this episode, it turns out that all of these extremely successful sorority boys, uh, sorry, fraternity boys, I keep doing that. Every (laughs) single time we've recorded this episode, I have made that slip up. These extremely successful frat boys, apparently... Uh, believe or gain or at least believe that they gain all of their financial success because every year they sacrifice women to a snake demon it turns out that this is not a new thing and has been happening for decades and that there's a whole bunch of successful businessmen in the world who owe their success to the fact that throughout college they actually sacrificed human women to a snake Mm -hmm. demon which yep. is just not great in any way you slice it. So yes, this episode actually has some social commentary to it, but it is also an yeah. episode about date rape. And fuck it. Yeah. Got so where should we start, Caitlin? Oh, I was just going to say that calling it a snake demon, which it was, it was mm. a giant snake man kind of thing, really makes it sound like a ginormous metaphor for a penis. Yeah, um, yeah. Which adds a it whole was, other layer of I mean, disturbing yeah. to this episode. Whew. Oh. Okay. Oh, where do we start? Where do we start? Where do we start? Let's just, let's just, you know, let's start with the date rape. Why not? Let's start there. Let's start with the bad stuff. Yeah, let's just start off right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So this was the thing I really took away from this episode. In this episode, the only reason that Cordelia and Buffy are not raped by college men is that these college men have promised to sacrifice their lives to a snake demon. That is the only reason. Like, there is a scene, there is a scene in which Buffy, having had too much alcohol and whatever drugs they put inside the alcohol, passes out on a bed. And then a man Mm -hmm. comes up and physically turns her over and strokes her face while she's unconscious. And then another man comes in and's like, you're not supposed to be doing that. They're not here for you. They're here for the snake god. And I'm like, are you telling me that is the only problem in this scenario? Because it's not. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oof. Oof. <laughs> I appreciate the fact that you find this wrong. However, you are not finding it wrong for the right reasons. Exactly. It's like, it's, it's like a damned by faint praise type of thing. Damned by small, uh, you know, uh, condemnation. That, no, no, you don't seem to understand how messed up this is. Yeah. Oh, Okay. So, the real problem, though, I think, is not just that there is a Buffy episode with date rape in it. Mm -hmm. It's that that's not what's dealt with. The snake demon is what's dealt with. And we've talked about this so many times, I could probably just say everything you're about to say. But please shut me up and say thanks, Caitlin. (laughs) I just, like, this episode is deeply disturbing. And, like, I'm a lot of levels the, the more we have watched it the more gross things i have found in this episode mm-hmm. but so like just to kind of start off with what you were leading into with there um buffy like we saw this last season with the pack 
Okay, actually, I'm going to diverge from what I was rambling up to saying uh, since I just brought up the pack. That Buffy, we are what? 15 episodes into this seven season show. Okay. A show that ran for like, I don't know, almost 200 episodes, probably, because if I'm keeping my math right. Um, there has been a lot of sexual violence in this show, and we are just getting started. Yeah. Like, a lot. And. And the target audience. Yeah, yeah. The target Ooh. audience is ostensibly 13 to probably 25-year-old women. And it's, and, not that, and it's not that we can't talk about sexual violence in TV shows. Because no. if you can't talk about it, you have to talk about it somewhere. Because if you do not talk about it, that becomes an issue in and of itself. But, however, doing it in the way that Buffy is doing it, in that they they bring up these hard questions and then they provide really easy answers by having this supernatural twist is not the way to talk about these issues. No. Um, because it it completely skews the focus. The it it moves the onus of responsibility away from these college men who have made these decisions into, oh, they were just doing to this demon god, and the demon god was really bad, and that's why they were bad. It's like, no, no. The actions that they have taken in this episode happen every single day. Yes, to real people. <laughs> Four out of five women are sexually uh, are sexually harassed. Uh, 25% of women are sexually assaulted. Like, and snake demons do not exist. So these fat guys are just doing it to do it. To yes. feel this feeling of power over these women. And I, it's not okay to just be like, oh, yeah, it's a snake demon. You know, it's fine now. And, oh, Buffy and Cordelia are just going to whack this one off. It's like, ugh, are they? Or in the pack, it's it's a Hawaiian, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, what was it? Hyena spirit. Yeah, it's a. Like, no, there's, every time this show brings up and uses and really exploits the idea of sexual assault or harassment towards its main supposedly very strong female character, there are no consequences. Mm -hmm. No consequences for either the victim or the perpetrator of the crime. Which, like, even even if something doesn't happen all the way to its terrible conclusion. There's going to be, yeah... When I say consequences for the victim, that's oh, that's what I meant is kind of the shocks. Yeah, trust is still broken there. Yes. Even if that bridge is just stepped on without being fully crossed, like, it has changed. Fundamentally, it is different from the moment that happens. Mm-hmm. And then it's never brought up. Like, it's really heinous with Xander and the pack, not to harp on this again, but, like, a lot of sexual assault happens is perpetrated by people that the victim knows. Mm -hmm. It's done by family, it's done by friends. And the fact that Xander is never once again, it's never ever mentioned again, the fact that he, oh, that we have a fade to black possible assault against Buffy is like, that's not okay. That's not okay. (laughs) That's not okay. Why? So like Buffy having being almost date raped at a college in high in, at a college party in high school when she goes to college that needs to affect her when she shows up at the parties For or she real. doesn't go to parties like it changes the way you think when you when you have seen that side of the world when you've had that happen to you that you're just it makes you make different decisions it changes it changes where you go it changes how you dress it changes what you do like it affects everything, and they aren't showing that. They aren't being honest and fair to the characters by not exploring that. 
by just saying, oh, it's fine, is exactly the reason why we get these men now who are saying, well, she looks fine, so obviously she wasn't assaulted. No! <laughs> yes, exactly. And that's the thing. It's not fair to the characters. It's not fair to the audience. It's not fair no, to the audience who maybe have suffered way worse than Buffy. Um, yeah. Or have suffered exactly what Buffy has, minus the snake demon. And... <laughs> and now feel like they don't have a leg to stand on. Mm -hmm. Or feel like, oh, I should just be okay with this yes. because Buffy was okay with this. Yeah, no. That's, no. Yeah, I completely agree. And, and it's interesting you mentioned potential ways they could show aftershocks to the show. Like have it affect, mm -hmm. maybe have it affect Buffy's relationship with alcohol. I know she's not old enough yeah. to drink yet, but all high schoolers have some relationship with alcohol. Uh, uh, mm -hmm. make it affect Buffy's relationship with uh, people who are college age or when she becomes college age with parties. Uh, but also, you could have really easily done it in this episode because, uh, so the beginning of this episode, a scene I didn't talk about, when Buffy finds the bracelet of the missing girl, mm -hmm. Angel is there. And they have this weird conversation in which Angel kind of is hesitant about becoming in a more serious relationship with Buffy because he's significantly older than her. And I didn't really understand it. Well, one, I'm kind of like, yeah, Angel, no duh, you're way older than her. But the way he said it, it was like he was scared of hurting her in like yeah. an active passion. And I'm and I don't just mean a vampire active passion. To me, it read as I am scared of sexually harming you. And that was weird. That was a weird thing to drop in and then not address later. But especially with the content mm -hmm. of the rest of the episode, that never comes up again. And just, oh, everything about this episode was poorly done. Yeah, this, like, this theme that over and over happens in Buffy with Angel. And then we see just over and again in like general young adult fiction these days with any of the vampire stuff or any monster in general is like, it's, it's shown as like, sexually attractive if a dude has the power and maybe even the desire to destroy you yet refrains yes it's and i think that is a deeply insidious thing to be teaching to our young women to be teaching to even grown women yes. that like the fact that he punched the wall instead of you is not a good sign no that 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 he you should have are you should be going you should have run already but if this if it finally got to here leave that is not sexy he does not love you because he punched the wall instead of you <laughs> that is not oh, it's just so nasty and also angel you are 200 goddamn years older you are the adult 10 times over to buffy fucking act like it yes and in this case acting like it is backing off and helping Buffy, in, not in a harmful way, but in a serious way, realize that this is not a good idea. And not in a way yeah. that you do it just to aggravate her. And I, I know that it's written in for the plot and for the drama, but... Oh, I don't... It, yeah. I do not, in general, often seriously disapprove of this whole Buffy Angel thing. I don't super ship it. It's kind of whatever. But mm -hmm. in this case, particularly... Uh, I feel like yeah. this episode could have and should have gone a completely different way that really would have changed the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. And it just, it fails on so many levels, it fails. Yeah. And we haven't even talked about the fact that Xander ends up in a terrible hazing ritual, which just involves making someone cross-dress. Yeah. Because apparently being made feminine is itself bad. Is its own punishment, yeah. Is a punishment and um, also just brings out, like... Is it bad because they treat the 
cross-dressed Xander as they would treat other women? Is that why it's bad? Because you get treated poorly if you're a woman? Because that's kind of the message I was getting. Oh, Lord. Everything is bad. Everything is wrong. And I hate it. Fuck this episode. Fuck this episode. It's... If, if you're watching through Buffy, you can 100% skip this episode. Mm-hmm. It is not, it's not even worth a watch. Yeah. Move like on. I, There's other ones that are more important and better. I think the pack was at least worth a watch, even if it was terrible. This one? Yeah. No. Skip it. Ugh. I don't want to keep talking about this. Yeah. Let's just Let's move switch on. to Halloween. Halloween was yeah. not great, but I mean, if the bar nope. is that low. <laughs> the bar was underground. So in yeah. that fact, Halloween was an okay episode. Yeah. Um, Shocking. In this episode, Buffy and Willow, whose name I momentarily forgot, <laughs> and Xander get signed up to walk around some kids during trick-or-treating. So they go to a costume shop and pick out some costumes. Buffy is feeling really insecure with her relationship with uh, Angel. Uh, she's feeling not, she feels not like a quote-unquote normal girl, which we'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. And so she buys a pretty princess costume that's sort of similar to the dresses that the women wore in Angel's Day. Yeah, when he was a human. Um, Xander buys a gun and some camo fatigues from an army supply store. Um, because earlier in the episode, Buffy saved Xander from getting beaten up, and somehow that bruised Xander's... That's bad, so, apparently. So delicate ego. So he's being all huffy about it, so he needs to feel like a manly man, so he gets the gun. And then Willow is sort of wrestling with being seen as a person now that she's not pining after Xander. She's trying to figure out what's her next step. Um, and Buffy kind of pushes her to wear a sort of fun rock and roll girl kind of edgy outfit. She's got an exposed midriff. But instead, but Willow kind of uh, falls back on what's more comfortable for her and wears a ghost outfit instead. Um, and of course, because it's Buffy, in the middle of the trick-or-treating, uh, everybody, the costumes that they are wearing, they become the costume that they have chosen. So Buffy becomes a girl from the late... 18th 19th century ish who has a uh, or, or earlier than that yeah something like that uh, she has like a english but also sometimes southern accent <laughs> it's really bad like i'm not sure how she managed to mix both posh and also deep south but she did well yeah. done michelle well done well done sarah award for uh accent invention yes um and xander becomes an army man and willow becomes a ghost she literally dies on a porch which like that that's a lot. Yep. So, uh, and of course, while they are all trapped in their various alter identities, Spike has raised his head again and has rounded up some of the kids who dressed as monsters, who are now actual monsters, to go attack Buffy, who is now in a weakened, delicate condition. And doesn't remember who she is. Yeah, she doesn't remember who she is at all. Um, and Angel shows up during this time, and they kind of run around for <laughs> Uh, And meanwhile, um, Giles is doing some investigation work and he goes to the costume shop where they bought the costumes and he runs into an old chum of his named Ethan Rain, um, who they apparently did some shenanigans back with in the day. Mm -hmm. That makes it sound like they were a couple. I mean, who knows? Maybe they were. We don't know. That's true. Giles Giles could do what he wants. Yeah. yeah, so Giles proceeds to get the information on how to break the spell, which is being channeled through the Roman god Yenis, Yenis yep. um, by 
beating up Ethan Rain, and then Ethan Rain says, well, break the statue. And so he breaks the statue, and everyone is reverted back to their normal selves, right as Spike is about to get the drop on Buffy, of course, and then Buffy beats up Spike, and they get the kids all home, and everything's okay. And I think that's pretty much the episode. Yeah. Oh, good. and ain't... Yeah, and Angel and Buffy get to kind of resolve their relationship issues at the end by talking. They talk for a while, just like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just me. Why'd you even do that? I don't know. I wanted to be quaffed with the best of them. And yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting scene. It's a, I, I was going to say good. I think interesting mm. is a better word. A lot about yeah. this episode is not so much good as interesting. So let's yeah. talk about it. My big thing with this episode is that Buffy is. I feel like Buffy would just be happier as a as a person if she would let go of this idea of what a normal girl is. Yes. Um, like, it's one thing if she wants to wear makeup and she wants to wear dresses. Those are perfectly reasonable desires to have, and you should be able to do those things if you want to do those things. But if you don't have time to do those things based upon what your life has constrained you to be, that's okay you are still a girl if you want to be a girl like yeah and it's it's just really frustrating to me that like if she just would let go of this idea of oh i can't get pretty for dates so therefore i can't even go to the dates it's like no you can still go hang out with angel if angel is somehow bothered by what you're wearing then kick angel to the curb angel is a piece of garbage exactly and i think that's it's not just the problem that to buffy Cordelia is somehow the normal girl. It's just this yeah. idea that she feels like she has to be a normal girl. Even if Willow was the normal girl and Buffy felt like she had to be more like someone else, it's just like, no! No, Buffy! You're already a girl! Yeah. Like, just be you and you'll be a girl! Uh-huh. Correct. If if you if you say you're a girl, congrats. You are a normal girl. Then well done. done. Like... You are now a, a person who defines what it means for you to be a girl. Mm-hmm. Just keep living yeah. life. Ugh. Yeah. And then like at the end and then at the end, um, this this conversation that she has with Angel, mm. um, she shows up, she's wearing like a tank top and some sweatpants. She's like, Look, it's just twenty first century me and and he Angel assures her that he likes her better this way because he hated the women back in his day. He calls them all simpering idiots, which um well, excuse, excuse them, Angel, because, you know, apparently they weren't allowed to go to regular school, like a lot of people were. It's fine. Uh, it's just, it's, like... It's super bad. It's super bad, because, like, this thing that happens over and over in this show of just, you shouldn't have to insult other people in order to compliment me. Exactly. You, you should... You should be able to just compliment me without having to be like, oh, yeah, I hated the other women. You're so much better than them. Not just be like, yeah, I like how laid back it is to be around with you. That's yeah, it. And I think That's it. It's really good to point this out because so the very first time we watched this, you pointed this out. and But as you pointed out, and the more we watched, the more I noticed this is everywhere. This isn't this episode. And this isn't Angel. Mm -hmm. This is the constant state of especially Xander and Willow. Um, yeah. that it is impossible for them to compliment each other or Buffy or anyone else. All they can do is say, well, everyone else is worse. Uh, Willow yeah. does it in this episode, too, when they're looking at the Watcher Diaries, which, let me just pause and say, I need to know everything there is to know about the Watcher Diaries, please and thank you. I'm so glad we got to see them. Mm. Um, but anyway, <laughs> she, you know, she sees that Buffy is jealous of this woman, and instead of saying... It's okay, Buffy. You have a lot of good stuff, too. She says, 
uh, I'm sure they weren't that great. Like, that kind of stuff. And it's like, no! Yeah. Don't! And then Angel just repeats it later. Yeah, they immediately begin tearing down strangers. Yeah. And it's, it's not just strangers. That's I mean, why do you think they insult Cordelia so friggin' much? It's because they don't yeah. know how to build up Buffy without insulting Cordelia. Or each other. Or themselves. And it's so mm-hmm. unhealthy. It's, ugh. If your it's friends so do that, listener address it or find other friends because that's not healthy that's not good for you for them for anyone ideally address mm-hmm. it with them and talk through don't just abandon people because they're like this because you could help them but just don't do that if this is your friend group make a change i really wish someone would for buffy be the change that you want to see in the world <laughs> be the change that you want to see in buffy's world yeah be the change that you want to see in your friend group so like <sighs> like hey rissa Mm. Rissa, you're very smart, and I find you very insightful, and I'm very happy that you do this podcast with me, and also that you're my friend, and that we got to experience college together. Thank you, Caitlin. You are are the other half of some of my very favorite memories, and I'm very happy that you're in my life. Now I feel like I can't say anything that's not just repeating exactly what you said. (laughs) (laughs) I think you are one of the most insightful and creative and talented people I know. I absolutely love seeing everything that you write, cre- both creative-wise and also analytics-wise. I love hearing you talk about stuff that you love. And, um, yeah, just thanks for making college uh, awesome, because it really was, and a lot of that was you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hug you, but you're 200 miles away. I know, it sucks. <laughs> we need to do a live recording someday. But uh, see, Giles, uh, sorry, see Willow and Xander and everyone else in the show, that's how friendship it's- works. It's not hard. It's not hard. <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> just like it's not hard to be ri- not racist, it's not hard to just genuinely compliment your friends. <laughs> it's not hard to be a not hateful person. Yeah. Angel. Yeah. Like sometimes you slip up and you're feeling bitter and angry and you need to vent things, but like that shouldn't be 100% of your communication with your the people that are important and to you. Honestly, it makes me wonder about Whedon and about the writers. Because, like, is this how they talk? Because I cannot think of having someone who doesn't talk this way 100% of the time write all of these characters doing so 100% of the time. So it makes me kind of worried for them as people. Because it's clear that someone in the writer's room, whether it's Joss or someone else, uh, has this problem in real life. So that's not a great sign. You good? You good? Yeah, you good? You You guys good? Are you okay? (laughs) Do you need to talk to somebody? Oofed. Do you need a hug? Is that what it is? Do you just need a hug? Yeah, because that can be arranged. I mean, yeah, just ask. Like, Joss, Joss, you're married. Go hug your wife. Yeah, Joss. <laughs> oh, wait, no, he's not married because she left him and then she wrote that expose. <gasps> oh, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> Maybe that's why they didn't hug enough. <laughs> I'm just yeah. kidding. I'm sorry. I don't mean to talk bad about any actual real people, but um, yeah. <laughs> If you're married, go hug your spouse. <laughs> right now. Just do it. Pause the episode. If you're not married, go hug somebody. Yeah, go. This is the go go hug somebody because yeah. I'm so tired. <laughs> okay. Before we leave this episode, though, and just talk about good things forevermore, we do have to address, um, I was going to say the elephant in the room, but I said that last episode, so the penis in the room. <laughs> no, I don't want it to be a penis in the room. <laughs> Xander. Uh, is the worst. And um, so Xander's always the worst. We've talked about this a lot. But I had particular ire with this episode. Um, 
because of the way it's addressed. A lot of the mm-hmm. time, Xander's the worst. It's just a thing that happens in the background. In this yeah. case, Xander is the worst because, uh, so there's a bully. And the bully does something to him and literally says the words, I had to write these down because I hated them so much. Apparently, I only write down things I hate, uh, which I know I'm switching this podcast from love to hate. And I do apologize for that very sincerely. (laughs) But the bully says, what are you going to do about it? And Xander grabs this boy by the front of his shirt and says, I'm going to do what any man would do about it. Something damn manly. And in a nutshell, this is Mm. what's wrong with the way we teach gender to children. But yes. Exactly. More than that, no. after this incident, um, in which the Buffy, uh, the Buffy, the bully, very much proves that he is more intimidating than Xander is, Buffy stops the bully from beating up Xander, and Xander immediately gets very pissy about it, and mm-hmm. um, the problem with how this is treated is not that Xander gets pissy about it, because he's Xander and screw him anyway. It's that Xander getting pissy about this is completely validated by the show as if he is correct in his action. Buffy Mm -hmm. sits down. She doesn't straight up apologize, but she says basically, what does she say? Something about, I think I broke the man code. As if it's okay for this to be part of the code and that she did something wrong in breaking it. And then she does apologize. Yeah. Yeah. And there are no consequences for the rest of the episode. The only thing that happens in the No, in the costume shop, she apologizes to Xander. She does. <gasps> You're right. Yes, she does. Says that says that next time I'll let you get pummeled. Yes. And and that's and Xander's like, thank you for that. And it's like, what? What uh, the fuck? Sorry. Why would? What? Why do you want this? And and then the only thing that happens for Xander the rest of the episode. I I was hoping. I was genuinely. I had hope at the start that in this episode Xander would learn the error of his ways and maybe apologize to Buffy. But no! Xander Mm -hmm. spends the rest of the episode having his manliness validated and shown to him as he gets to run around as a soldier man with a gun. Which, by the way, we haven't talked about how terrifying the idea of Xander having an actual machine gun in a civilian neighborhood and firing it at children who are monsters, but still... Children. Yep. Yeah, that has not aged well. That has not aged well. But yeah, not only has the gun violence and children and schools not aged well, but Xander is an ass. And Mm -hmm. in this episode, that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. And everyone else should just apologize to Xander. And it's like, no! Okay, I'm sorry to bring up the terrible parts of this episode. But, oh, gosh. I just, I am up to here with Xander. I I don't want Xander to be killed or anything like that. But if he just wasn't on season three, I'd be like, all right. <laughs> yeah, like, he just, he could be fixed and he could be, like, charming. Because we've seen glimmers where he is genuinely likable. Yeah, like, in that last episode. But, like, the parts of him that are abhorrent are so bad. Are so bad. And so much more present than the charming, funny parts. And, what's worse, they're not addressed. See, this is my thing. I am a big proponent that all fiction should be allowed to talk about heinous things. Mm -hmm. Should be allowed to show villains and show bad behavior. Should be allowed heroes who are flawed. But, they have to and should address the fact that these are flaws, that this is abhorrent, that this is bad. 
The fiction mm-hmm. should never sell bad things as if they're good. Yes. That's unless you're doing it in such an ironic way that it's it's like you're doing it just to, you know, point it out and you do that well, that can be done. But like in general, the overall final message of the fiction should never be that this bad thing is good. And yeah. in this case, that's exactly what is happening with Xander and his extremely fragile masculine pride. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Okay, my rant is done. Xander is a dick in many sense. And now we're going to move back to talking about what good friends we are. I love you, Caitlin. Yeah, I love you, Rizzo. Man, we wasted like, <sighs> God. So like, if we, so we recorded once, which probably mm-hmm. took about an hour. And then we recorded a second time, which took another hour. Well, so it's like two hours. Also, I had to watch the episodes twice or three times yeah. or whatever it was, which took two hours a piece. Like, so that's what we're up to six hours mm-hmm. on these two fucking episodes yeah fuck well we never have to talk about them ever again it doesn't matter what the audio quality is we're publishing what we do tonight yep exactly and you get what you get man yeah. i could have watched wonder woman three times yes <laughs> in the time that i watched could we just spend the rest of this episode talking about wonder woman and how much i love her yes we can i almost brought her up earlier legit we can totally talk about wonder woman because there have been pictures from the set released and if mm. you the listener have not seen them yet Go Google Wonder Woman 2 and go feast your eyes on the beautiful, magnificent sight that is Gal Gadot in a vest and a suit jacket and rolled up sleeves. I was not ready. I was was not prepared. I I died. I came back to life and then I died again. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm recording this from the afterlife. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh my God. God. Yep. Patty Jenkins is trying to murder me. Yep. She's coming for me. She's coming for us all. I just no need one is to safe. know what the plot is. I, in fact, I, half of me needs to know what the plot is going to be with this whole Steve Trevor, but also just like the 80s. But mm-hmm. half of me doesn't even need to know what the plot is. I just need more amazing images. Um, yeah. I've also been reading uh, comic books, like actual paper comic books from DC, from Wonder, from, from one, of Wonder Woman, from DC's uh, Rebirth series. I love Ooh. and adore this version of Wonder Woman so much. Like, <laughs> you know how much I love and adore Gal Gadot's version of Wonder Woman and Patty Jenkins' version mm-hmm. of Wonder Woman. I might like this canon better. <gasps> Maybe not what their Wonder Woman better. Their Wonder Woman are both equally amazing, but their canon, I think I like better. It's so mm. dang good. But why I was going to bring her up earlier in the episode, if I can tie this back a little bit, because earlier you mentioned about it's not sexy for someone to have the ability and possibly desire to hurt you and then restrain from doing it. Mm-hmm. And I thought about how for Wonder Woman, who is all about love, but who is also extremely powerful, she mm-hmm. does have the ability to kill Steve Trevor or anyone else, really. And yeah. she doesn't do it. But that's not why she's sexy. And that's not no. part of the, the deal. Like, it's a fact. And in yeah. she does, like, it technically is a loving restraint. And Wonder Woman is all about loving restraint. All about the fact that, yeah, of course she could kill the cheetah. Of course she could kill anyone. But she doesn't do it. That is yeah. totally a part of her character and totally a part of her love. And that works for her. But mm-hmm. it's not sexy. Like, that's yeah, not... No, it's not sexy. She doesn't use that to manipulate people into... Ugh. 
if she uses it to manipulate people, she uses it to manipulate them into becoming better people. She doesn't use yeah. it to manipulate them into anything for herself. And it just, mm-hmm. it, so that's why, why I think that that representation is so bad is not that it's the opposite of love. It's that it can be done well and this ain't it, but it's close enough mm-hmm. that that's why it appeals to people and confuses them. And, yep. <sighs> Sorry. Wonder Woman to me, especially like not every version of Wonder Woman, uh, the, the movie version for sure, the rebirth version for sure, like... There's so much truth and goodness and love and, like, just not everything you can say about love, but pretty dang close, you can probably find in Wonder Woman. And, oh my god, I love her so much. So, yes, screw these episodes because I could have been watching Wonder Woman this whole time. Ugh. I could have been watching Parks and Rec. Yeah, Parks and Rec. Which also is a great show, which is all about love. Those characters love each other and they support each other and it's great and it's beautiful. Ugh. Tell us more about Parks and Rec. Should we just do a podcast about Parks and Rec instead? <laughs> See, I thought about this because I adore Parks and Rec and I've seen it so many times and I would watch it again right now. I wish I was watching it right now. Um, but like, <laughs> see, the thing is, is that I don't want to think critically about Parks and Rec. <laughs> oh, okay. So I love it too much. Like, I there's, totally there's like understand. a There's like a tier of things that I know that they have issues and I know that there's things that can be better about them, but I adore them. So I like when I watch them, I don't think about like what's the story structure like, or oh that was kind of weird lighting. Like I I you know I studied film in college, and for the first like year or two, it took me a while to figure out that like you gotta t- you gotta like think about when I'm watching this movie, I'm going to actively not critically assess this movie (laughs) like that's and i'm sure you run into that when you're when you're uh engaging with fiction now that like yes if you if you if you approached every single piece of fiction the way that i approach buffy in this podcast it like i wouldn't be able to enjoy things oh no (laughs) for sure and there there is enjoyment in thinking critically about things and like figuring out what could be better about them figuring out what's bad about them but also sometimes you just need to turn on Fifle Goes West and enjoy that little <laughs> mouse's adventures and you know I you need that in your life and Parks and Rec is that for me and Fifle Goes West is that for me and Ghostbusters I, is that for me it's just like you know this is a safe space this is a safe space that is just filled with good feelings <laughs> I completely agree I have lots of things like that I not in the same way I think because I didn't study cinema uh, mm-hmm. but like one of the, the biggest study I did in undergrad was about, um, time travel and ah. I used to love Dr. Who. Oh. The reason I don't yes, anymore same. is mostly writing, but even <laughs> now it's a little hard for me to go back and watch some of it because my brain is just going, that's not how time works the whole time. <laughs> Um, fiction, I think for me, the study I've done of fiction actually can make some fiction more interesting because the study Mm -hmm. I've done has a lot to do with the fourth wall and how Mm. fiction is created. So it doesn't interfere that much, but the best example I can have is a story my mother loves telling because she thinks it's hilarious. Uh, when we were younger, um, my sister... Uh, started to go to voice lessons. Now, this is a sister who has since graduated with a degree in musical theater. So when I say voice lessons, she was serious about it. And mm-hmm. at the time, I had just stopped playing trumpet, and I didn't really have a, you know, 
hobby that I was doing as far as like actually being educated in it goes. The hobby mm-hmm. was video games. It, I, they were new and very exciting. Uh, and my mom said, uh, if you want to, you can go to voice lessons. Because she knew I like singing and I have a quite strong voice. Uh, and I yeah. did not even think about... Yeah, Caitlin knows this. It's because I sing in the shower and very loudly at that. I'm sorry. I'm not that sorry, though, because I keep doing it. Anyway, uh, when my mom said, you know, if you want to go to voice lessons, the same one that, that your sister goes to, you can. And without hesitation, I just, I told her, I like singing too much to go to voice lessons. Yeah. And like, at the time, yeah. it was a gut reaction, but that's exactly what it was. I enjoy singing. I enjoy the act of singing loudly, wh- however I want to way too much to constantly be thinking about whether I'm doing it right. And I think there's a lot of things that I have had to hone. Mm -hmm. But those aren't the same things that you enjoy. Like, doing something well in that it's well done for others and doing something well in that it fulfills what you want it to and that you enjoy it are two different things. Uh, So that's kind of, there's a couple things in my life where I've had to take that stance of, I enjoy this too much to, uh, to, to worry about it, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've even taken that stance in travel. Like, uh, when I travel, it's like, you can either have the best tour of Italy and that you see everything there is possible to see, or you have the best tour in that you take an enjoyable pace and you don't see everything, mm-hmm. but you have a good time while you're there. Yeah, I'm totally the same way. Just like, can we go find a nice coffee shop and like sit down? Just chill. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't have to see Michelangelo's David. I could just, you know, get some gelato and be fine. Watch a sunset. Yeah. yeah, like I spent 10 hours in Paris and we did a bus trip for most of it. But at the end of it, like one of those like hop on, hop off. So mm-hmm. like we drove by basically everything in Paris, which was fun because it just kind of like, oh, wow, look at that. Oh, wow, look that but then at the end we we got dumped off in Montmartre and we just we walked we took our sweet sweet time walking up the bajillion steps up to the basilica and then we just kind of we found a little cafe that like no one had recommended to us and Mm -hmm. was okay and we just kind of sat there as like the sun was setting and in the evening was getting cooler and it was just wonderful Mm -hmm. like I think you know it's important to just figure out what's important to you whether that's in terms of, you know, this is a skill that I want to get better at or and I want or and or, you know, I just kind of want to get some tea and sit in a coffee shop in Belfast for a while. And yeah, that'll be my afternoon. And I could go see a million things or I could just sit here and enjoy my life and see other people's lives bustling around me. Like, yeah, I think yeah. that was one of the biggest <laughs> things I learned in undergrad. Um is that you do not have to be the best at what you do. You don't have to be the best at everything. You don't have to be good at everything. But also, that thing which you do, you do not have to be the best at that thing. Uh, That's something that I think took me a really long time to learn. uh, And something that I'm still learning. I'm still working on it. (laughs) I think in undergrad, I kind of learned you don't have to do absolutely everything. It is okay to appreciate that something is worth doing well without actually doing it well. Like, I can appreciate that chemistry is objectively worth studying, and people ought to do it. I don't Mm -hmm. have to be the one to do it. And then in grad school, (laughs) I basically learned those things which you do, 
you don't have to be the best in the world. You just have to like doing them. Yeah. And I just, I wish that it was easier to just impart this wisdom to people. Not that I have it all figured out, but that I see people struggling <laughs> with that. And even if, if this podcast reaches one person and makes them think about why they're doing what they're doing, that'd be great. And we can redeem something good from this final recording <laughs> of these sucky, sucky episodes. This final recording. Um, and get yeah. something good there. So yeah, compliment your friends. And do what you like doing. Also, watch Wonder Woman and read the comics. That's what you get out of this not Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. This is the first time <laughs> we've had a podcast that is actually not just about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We promised we would do it eventually. And here we are. And we've done it. I think we did a pretty good job of it. Well done. Yeah. Well done. Well done, Caitlin. Good job. Yeah. You are good at this yeah, and have many good thoughts. <laughs> Thank you. You too, Rissa. Um... Thank you to everybody who listened through this episode. Um, uh, if you <laughs> <laughs> this episode that's finally reaching you. Um, if you want to keep up to date with what we're doing, you can follow us on Twitter at WFTC Podcast. And if you tweet about the show using the hashtag WFTC or I don't know, you mention us. I don't know. I'm pretty I'm pretty stalkery on Twitter, so if you say it, I will find you. And then mm. we'll talk about you on the show, like we did last week with my very good good roommate Natalie. So, yay, Natalie. And also, yay, Natalie. And also, Hannah's also tweeted about us, too. So thanks, Hannah. <gasps> yay, Hannah. Yeah. Both people who we know. But maybe someday somebody who we don't know will tweet about us. That'll, One day, Joss be... will hear about this show. <laughs> I followed him on Twitter, and he doesn't have that many followers. Like, he has a couple hundred thousand, but not, like, over a million or something. And I did mm -hmm. have the Aaron thought of, like, oh, my God, what if he sees his last name <laughs> in, in your name of the person who followed him and is just oh, like, man. what is this, what though? What is this? And then he'll see the logo you made. Yeah, yeah. I got scared. I almost didn't follow him. I was like, ooh, ooh. But then I did. So, you know, and Be nothing brave, happened Caitlin. of it. Be brave, Caitlin. Take course. heart. Yeah, nothing happened. It's all good. It's all of good. Course, Joss yeah. Whedon has not come after us with a, uh, you know, a cease and desist. Post. <laughs> yeah, a cease and desist. So we good. Yeah. Let's keep this train a rolling. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, speaking of people who have thankfully not come at with this, uh, us with a cease and desist, which... <laughs> We actually did ask their permission, so... Yeah, I have written permission from them. Uh, so we, we wanted to thank the Bedlam Bards for the use of their song, our theme song, uh, The Ballad of Joss from their album On the Drift. Thank you for letting us use the song and not uh, asking us to stop using the song. Because <laughs> that'd be a bummer. <sighs> thank you for writing better songs than Buffy has episodes, apparently. Yeah, so we'll see you all next time with a couple other episodes. What's after this one? I forgot. I don't even know. Oh, it's Lie to Me in the Dark Age, which is about Giles' backstory, and you get <gasps> yes. a really good... Yeah, I forgot. We almost, we didn't talk about the fact that in this episode, Giles saves the day by beating a man. Yeah. Uh, so there's that. that. Uh, we'll learn more of Giles' ability to beat men and also be uh not a librarian uh, next time a naughty boy <laughs> mm, ripper mm. yes all right um so we'll tune in next time uh until then seize the moment because tomorrow you might be dead or you could have to watch fucking reptile boy again oh god. thank god oh we're, we're done. done we're done we never i'm have ending to do it. it again goodbye reptile yeah. boy good riddance fuck you